What's up, guys? Welcome to Charging the Mound, Episode 6. That was Generational Divide by Blink-182, their new single. Uh, just came out last week. Um, real quick song. Clocks in at 50 seconds, so you're going to hear the entire thing on this episode. Blink is one of my favorite bands of all time, and uh, in my opinion, their best stuff has come in the last three or four years since Matt Skiba joined the band. Uh, Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio. For my money, um, I prefer Skiba in every way. Uh, I've never been a fan of Tom DeLonge. Uh, his voice or his you know writing or guitar work. Obviously, Skiba doesn't seem to have a huge voice in the writing process at this point with Blink, but uh, I think he's a far better guitarist, and I think he's a far better vocalist. And watching live, Skiba's uh, also I think is a is a much better live performer as well. I totally prefer him, and I've really really dug everything since he joined the band, and I'm really looking forward to whatever they put out in the future. Um, I hope you like that, and let's get to the show. Now, I wasn't going to have an episode this week. I was going to take a week off. I wanted to talk to Pat Milano and Scott Castellano next week. Uh, They are from the End of the Bench blog, a friend of Charging the Mound, and I wanted to talk to them, but I I guess I'm doing this now as sort of an emergency podcast because of the week that the New York Mets have had. Now, I've been on record. I'm not even a Mets fan. But I'm I'm livid at this fa- at this franchise. I like I can't even fathom how I can be this mad at a team that I don't care about. Um, let's start. Let's start. You know, uh, in the correct timeline, I guess. So on Sunday, following uh, taking two of four from the Chicago Cubs in the clubhouse. Uh, obviously, Sunday the Mets blew a lead, um, and in the clubhouse. Tim Healy from the from New York Newsday uh, apparently said something to uh, Mickey Calloway. Calloway came out of his office dressed as if he was leaving for the day, and so Healy said, "See you tomorrow, Mickey." Calloway took issue with this, uh, threatened him, uh, said said, "Don't be a smartass," and then continued to curse at him for minutes. Apparently, uh, at which point Jason Vargas got involved and uh, threatened to fight Healy and ran at him, apparently, before being held back. Now, there's many ways that you could handle that. If, if there was a tone with Healy, if he was being snide about what he was saying, like, ah, oh, see you tomorrow, Mickey, or he could have easily just been, see you tomorrow, Mickey, who the fuck knows? We weren't there. Nobody knows other than the people that were in that clubhouse. But regardless, even if there was a tone or sarcastic uh, manner in the way that he said it, you're a manager of a Major League Baseball team. You've got to have some thick skin. You can't be that like quick to the trigger on something that a reporter says to you, regardless of what it is. If he says something to you, like I, like I said, a snide comment or sarcastic remark, just give him something back. Be, do the same to him. And if you're Jason Vargas, why are you threatening to fight a reporter? So now this guy is being threatened in his place of work where he's just trying to do a job. And the Mets had to make 
uh, statements. The Wilpons called him to apologize about it because obviously he's the Mets beat reporter for Newsday, and so they can't really have a bad relationship with this guy. So they said, you know, we're very sorry, and we don't want you to feel uncomfortable or unsafe in your, you know, when you're doing your job. And he said, I appreciate that. Then uh, Brody Van Wagenen, he contacted him twice and did the same thing. Uh, and then Mickey Calloway, the Mets forced Mickey Calloway to make two separate statements because the first one wasn't good enough. And then Jason Vargas said absolutely nothing of substance. He said, uh, you know, we all regret what happened and uh, we hope to move on to this, uh, move on from this. Never apologized for, th for telling the guy that he was going to knock him out. Never, never, you know, he was a child. This, this guy's a 36-year-old man. He's a father. Uh, he is a family. And he threatened to fight a reporter for something completely asinine. What seems like a complete misunderstanding on the Mets' part. And he couldn't own up to his actions and say, hey, I was wrong for, for saying this. It was my mistake. I apologize. Instead, he's... He's a he's a petulant child about it, and that, that's that's probably the most ridiculous thing about it. The Mets fined him uh, ten thousand dollars, which is apparently the the maximum that a team can find somebody without the league, union, or anything getting involved in it. So that was a team move. Uh, they also fined Callaway for her, for his actions in it. Now, moving on then from that, which is a mess in and of itself, uh, we then go to this series with the Phillies. Now, going into this, again, they took two of four from Chicago. Not bad, honestly. Uh, one game outscored them 10-2. to two. Looked pretty good in that series, and then they come into here with against Philly. Uh, Philly, a team that was 1-9 in their previous 10 games before this series. They get swept by Philly in Philly. Now the Phillies are back in the NL East. And... It's all thanks to this series with the Mets. Now, again, this series and Sunday, now five straight losses for the Mets. Five straight losses where they had multi-run leads. That's the absolutely absurd part of it. The fifth straight multi-run lead that they have blown. Fifth. Sunday versus the Cubs. They led three to one. They lost five to three. Monday versus Philly, they led six to four. They lost thirteen to seven. Tuesday versus Philly, they led four to one. They lost seven to five. Wednesday versus Philly, they led four nothing. They lost they lost five to four. Today, they led three to one. They lost six to three. They are the first team in eight years to lose five games in which they had multi-run leads. Do you want to know the last team to do that? The Mets. Because of course it is. This franchise is absolutely ridiculous. This is coming, you know, less than a week after they fired Dave Island, a, honestly, an excellent pitching coach. A pitching coach who has led two separate teams to, uh, to World Series championships, uh, being the Yankees in 2009, the Royals in 2015, not to mention an AL championship with the Royals in 2014. So this guy's got a great track record. The Mets think he's the problem after two years. Uh, you know, a, a year where last year he, he, as the pitching coach, had the Cy Young Award winner. 
Um, but they think that he's the reason that, that all this is uh, happening. So they fired him and hired an 82-year-old guy because he's the answer. Uh, complete scapegoat move. Complete scapegoat move because the Mets knew that they should have fired Callaway a month ago. And they didn't. And now they're like, well, fuck. We got to do something. So let's fire Island. Let's get him out of here. And then they then they hire uh, an 82 year old guy who you know you like you ageism whatever. I'm not going into that, but like there's a separation of what the game was when he was around and what the game is now, and it's completely different. So now, just 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 today, you got Frazier coming up and hitting. Probably the biggest hit of your season with that home run to take the lead in the eighth inning. You put in your closer, Edwin Diaz, the guy that you th you spent the farm on. You traded Kalenic, who is lighting it up in single A with Seattle. You traded Dunn, who's pitching considerably well in double A with Seattle. Um, to get this guy in Cano. Cano, who is at times looking like he's never played a game of baseball in his life. Uh, and then... You have Diaz, who now can't get a fucking guy out. In his last nine outings, he's got a 13 ERA. He gives up a home run to Michael Franco. Franco, who has been on the verge of being demoted for a month. And then he gives up a home run to Gene Segura to win the game. <laughs> Again, this guy who you traded everything for, rather than signing... Craig Kimbrell, where you wouldn't have had to give up assets other than a second-round draft pick. Rather than signing him, an established guy, you traded two young prospects in a farm system that couldn't afford to trade two young prospects for a closer who was coming off a season that in no world would he ever have been able to replicate. And you're surprised at, at the result. His ERA in the season is now 494, close to 5. The Mets have blown 20 saves and they have 18 saves as a team. They've blown more saves than they have saves. Aside from 3 players, 3 position players on this team, Alonzo, Conforto, McNeil in regards to young players, that's all they have. Don't act like Nimmo is an all-star, he's not. Last year was an anomaly. The guy can't fucking hit. Then you want to act like. Then you want to look at the pitchers. Obviously, you've got Degrom. Degrom's locked up. He's an ace. Whatever. That's fine. But you've got no bullpen because you brought back Familia, and Familia can't get anybody out. Now Diaz can't get anybody out. Uh, you hired you 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 signed Justin Wilson to be your lefty specialist. He hasn't even pitched, uh, and when he has, he's been awful. He still thinks Seth Lugo is the answer for some reason. The guy this Callaway is saying that he can pitch 50, 50 pitches a game. When on Sunday, the whole deal was like, Lugo's getting lit up. Why aren't you taking him out? Why aren't you taking him out and putting somebody else in? This guy does this all the time where he, he doesn't take anybody out. Why didn't he take out Diaz today when he gave up the home run to, to, uh, to Franco? Today, gave up three hits, five runs, five earned, two walks. Struck out one guy. His whip on the season's nearly 1-5. And that's all in a third of an inning. When were you going to take him out? You were going to try to let him get two more outs? 
Even if he, even if he didn't give up the home run to Segura, when were you going to take him out? He had given up the tie or given up the lead, I should say, because they were up three to one. Then he gave up a two-run home run to Michael Franco, who, like I said, was about to be sent down to AAA any day. And now he blew the game. Now and your season's this the season's pretty much fucking done for this team. They're absolutely out of it. I mean, thirty-seven forty-five, fourth in the NL East. They're 11 games back. They're six and a half games back of the wild card, but I mean, let's be realistic. They're not getting the wild card. Now the Phillies are back in this thing, thanks to a four-game series with the Mets. At what point does Mickey Calloway lose his job? He said today that he left him in because he, because, whoa, you know, he was electric yesterday. I don't know what's going on. Earlier this week, he said, he said that he's been, he's been waiting for the bullpen to figure itself out. What? Is that how you manage a team? Is you just let things work itself out rather than actually doing something? You're just going to let it like, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to sit here. Maybe it'll materialize. Who knows? But this is absolutely batshit crazy that this is how a major league organization is being run. The Wilpons are cheap as shit. They're not firing him. This is like it, let's let's be honest. This is, he should he shouldn't have even been on the bus back home. Let alone being manager tomorrow. He they should have left him in Philly. It says a lot if after this series, the way that he managed the bullpen, the way that he managed everything, the way the team hit everything regarding this series. If he is the manager, come tomorrow, Friday. June twenty eighth against the against the Braves. If he's the manager of this team, then he'll be the manager for the rest of the season. Because if this can't do it, nothing can. I mean, the the fans are clamoring for it. Noah Syndergaard liked a tweet on Twitter today that that said that Callaway should be fired. So your your fucking players are are campaigning for it. He's lost the clubhouse. He's lost the, lost the locker room. What more has to happen? I, I really wonder what more has to happen for them to make a move and move on from this guy, because something has to be done. There's not. There's no other scapegoat that you can do. Ah, oh, we're gonna fire the first base coach now. Uh, we think he's been the issue. Uh, not sending enough guys. You know, waves his arm too slow. Uh, we just think that he's a problem. Uh, you know, uh, gonna move on from Mr. Met. Uh, don't think he's getting the fans excited. Don't think he's riling up the players enough. Something's got to be done here. It, 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 it starts with the manager. Actually, it start, you know the fish rots from the head. So it starts with the fucking front office. It starts with the owners. It starts with the management. It starts with, it starts with everything. But the move that needs to be made right now is Callaway needs to lose his job. That's it. He's lost the team. He doesn't know what he's doing absolutely piss poor play and to lose five games in a row where you had multi-run leads is unforgivable and then to say that you know well i i figured that the bullpen would would work itself out by now the fuck are you talking about i i honestly and in, in the way that he leaves in lugo he leaves in diaz he leaves in everybody way past they should be in there i think he's i think he's actively trying to get fired but it's not going to happen He's going to pull a George Costanza and drag the 86 World Series Championship trophy around the parking lot. And then, again, like I said, the, 
just regarding the future, because now you've the way that Van Wagenen built this team, he built this team to win now, and this team is not winning now. He signed Wilson Ramos, and Ramos has been really good. Honestly, he had a, he had a bad slump in May, but he's really picked himself back up, and he's been he's been really really good. You know everything that that they could ask for, and that's being you know God's honest truth. But then after that, I mean, in terms of position players, like I said, you know, it, it does not look like Rosario is anything special. He's fine. Nimo sucks. Conforto's great. McNeil's McNeil's an absolute stud, and then Alonso is the future. He's the guy you got to build around. But then when it goes to the pitching staff, you've got uh, Wheeler is going to be a free agent at the end of this year. They're not retaining him. Matt's who knows how long he's going to be there. He he's just completely ineffective. Uh, then you've got Degrom, who has been much better since the uh, much better since he since the beginning of the season. He's now down to like a three two ERA. And uh, who knows what the hell's going on with Syndergaard? Because now he's on the IL uh, with a hamstring strain. Before that, he's got I mean, dude's got just having the worst year of his career. Four five five ERA, ninety three uh, strikeouts, which is still still high number. Not a lot of not a lot of walks, but he's getting lit up. Ninety one hits in ninety five innings, forty eight earned runs, eleven home runs. Which is the second most in his career, and we're fifteen. He's fifteen starts into the season. Eighty-nine ERA plus, well below league average. Um, he's been very poor, and I, I think he's a guy that if if you know if this season does not pan out, you got it. You just got to completely rebuild, completely go into it. And I think he's a guy. That honestly, you trade for pieces because even 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 with this bad season, he's going to get a hell of a return for you. And you need to build your farm system because you need to build for the future. Because this is not it. You need to build for when Alonzo is in his fourth season. You know, uh, hopefully you can extend Conforto by then because Conforto is going to be a, a free agent in I think two or three years. So hopefully you can you can have you know. Something starting once Alonzo is a couple years into his career. Same with McNeil. Uh, thank God McNeil is 27 and he's only in the second year of his career because you're getting the, the prime years of this guy's career way before he hits free agency. But aside from them, there's nobody on this team. You've got a 35-year-old Robinson Cano whose body is breaking down. What did you expect when you traded for a 35-year-old second baseman who just came off of a steroid suspension? What did you expect? That he was going to hit like it was 2009? No, he's going to hit like a 35-year-old whose body is breaking down, which was why he was probably taking PEDs. I mean, good God. And he's at, he has absolutely no energy, no work ethic. Like, oh my God. this he, Like I said before, he acts like he's never played. He looks like he's never played before. He has absolutely no effort. He is the epitome of lazy right now. He's he's just phoning phoning it in and collecting a paycheck because he's still getting whatever twenty five million dollars a year. So he doesn't give a shit. Why should he? He knows he's getting paid. And aside from that, when you you know when you're looking at farm systems, they do have three players in the uh, top one hundred prospects. They're all in the latter part of the of the uh, top 
100 prospects. Two of them are shortstops, so uh, who knows what that means for Rosario. But uh, one of them, Andres Jimenez, is hitting 229 in AA. The other one, Ronnie Mauricio, is in single A. And uh, he's hitting, you know, he's hitting 284, but again, it's, it's single A. So who knows what's going to happen with that. But again, what happens with, what happens with Rosario then? Then you've got uh, their number three prospect is Anthony Kay, left-hander from uh, in AAA. He's got an 11 ERA in AAA this year. So, you know, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Then they, just, uh, then they just drafted a guy, Brett Beatty. Who's uh who's gonna be twenty in November, and just graduated high school this week, so that means that he's been held back a couple times, which means he's probably fucking stupid, and also, who knows how good he is because he's been playing with kids two years younger than him for his entire life. So what are you doing? There were actual college prospects, like good college prospects that you could have drafted, and instead your your first your first round pick, you take a guy who's nineteen still in high school, who's been playing against 16- and 17-year-olds. What the hell are you doing? They're clueless. They're absolutely clueless. Because who knows how he's going to do when he actually plays against adults. And again, he probably doesn't really... And I, I, I don't mean to be offensive or any or, or insulting, but uh, if you're 19 and still in... I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say he's got a late birthday. So let's say he's been left back one time, but still, that doesn't really say much for about about his intellect. So I don't know what that means in terms of baseball IQ. It's a completely inept franchise, and like I said, the fish rots from the head. It's gotta start there. After this week that they had, and the week's not even over, they're gonna get pummeled by the Braves this weekend. In a weekend that they honor the '69 Mets on the 50th anniversary of their first world championship. First of two. And you look at the players that have been in this franchise, they should have had more than two championships. The fact that they never got Mike Piazza a World Series championship is in unforgivable. The fact that they never got David Wright a World Series championship is unforgivable. They're not getting the third one anytime soon. Like I said, I'm not even a Mets fan. I don't have any investment in this team. Why am I? Why does it bother me so much to see a team that has no idea what they're doing from the top down? All facets of the organization has no clue what they're doing. Nobody is qualified. Give me a job. I'll take the money. I'll I'll take half what they get, and I'll do the exact same job. Man, oh man. Like, oh. I'm fu- I'm furious. <laughs> this week was absolutely unforgivable. I can't believe this team is as bad as they are. Five games in a row. <sighs> Five games in a row. They had multi-run leads and blew it. Their prized closer can't get anyone out. Absolutely unbelievable. I'm joined now on the phone by Brian McCormick. What's up, Brian? What's up, Chris? How you doing, pal? Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, now, Brian, I, I, I wanted to call you because you are a Mets fan, which I am not, and I wanted to get your take on everything that has transpired with this franchise this week. Well, 
it's it's a dream come true, really. You know, as a young Mets fan growing up in the shadow of Shea Stadium, seeing all the intelligent moves made, and (laughs) so many, so many great fan interaction moments that the Mets set set you up for. It's just, you know, this week in particular, fantastic stuff. Just fantastic stuff. Do you you not agree? Uh, I, I don't know that we are on the same page here. Wait, is this 1986? No, 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 no. It is 2019, and the Mets oh. just lost five games in a row in which they led by, uh, they had multi-run leads that they blew. Uh, 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 uh. Well, that also happens. Um, <laughs> it's not like you know, we fired one of the best pitching coaches in the league and hired an 82-year-old man to take over. Right. Right, you know. Yeah, you definitely didn't do that. Which I, I, I mentioned, you, you fired Dave Island, who has led the Yankees and Royals to World Series championships as right. pitching coach. Um, right, and he's, and, he's, and he's definitely locked in, right? He's yeah. still there. He's holding it down. Oh, yeah, exactly. He, they definitely didn't fire him and make him a scapegoat because they didn't want to fire Mickey because uh, they put confidence in him. And then we're like, oh, shit, he's not the guy. They definitely right. didn't do that. When you think of the Wilpons, you never, they never, you never think of mistakes made. Right, you know, it's kind of like a, they always have a thousand batting average going through every season. Yeah, exactly. You know, just a, a well yeah, well oiled machine. Let me just Google the Mets real quick and see what's going on because I missed the last couple of games. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, hold on. Oh, 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 oh. Well, that sucks. <laughs> this is, this is depressing. Oh, what have I done? <laughs> No, all right, yeah, so that's fucking terrible. This is exactly how I thought the season was going to end up, anyway. Yeah, like it's from from the from the jump when Brody Van Wagen said, "Come and get us," I was like, "You fucking idiot!" When yeah, when he when he went on Mike Francesa's show and said that he could win with this team, with the team that he inherited, he could win a World Series this year. Yeah, that's that's wishful thinking at best. Yeah. Like, like, why would you do? Why would you open yourself up to that? Like, it's just, oh my god, this team is like there are certain bright spots. Obviously, like you know, Pete Alonso is killing it completely, completely. Uh, uh, Dale Dominic Smith has really been like this. Dom great Smith, bench. yeah, he's looking like a great like bench piece, or could be left fielder, or you know, whatever. Yeah, he's he's better he's, in the outfield than Jeff McNeil. Is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. <laughs> the thing with the thing with Smith is that the way he's playing right now is that he you can't take him out of the lineup, and he's making no. it that way. Um, yeah. Exactly, he's stepping up where we wanted him to. Yeah, before we were two about years ago, exactly. Yeah, but now you've got Alonzo, who's uh, got the Mets rookie record for home runs, and it's not even July yet. I know, uh, he's... You know, coming coming for Judge's record. Honestly, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, I, I like. You know, I like how he's doing it. He's keeping his head down. You know, he's 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 a, he's an aggressive he's an aggressive hitter. Totally. He's not, he's not, he's not like uh, shy. Like when they played against Chicago, I think he went up against Cole Hamels, mm-hmm. and I forgot the other two. Every at bat, he looks completely poised. Yeah, he's he he's like a veteran presence in the yeah. lineup, even though it's his first year. He's twenty four. Yeah. It's at it's crazy. Four years old. I don't even remember what I was doing. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I think I'm softball, so I mean, like, just <laughs> the, the yeah, him McNeil, 
who I was just saying before I got on the phone with you, McNeil, who's 27 now, and you're going to have the best years of his career because he's only in his second year. So you're right. going to have the best years of his career before he even before he even sniffs free agency. Yeah, but we'll probably trade him for someone. Totally, yeah. No, you'll trade him for, like, Y.N. You know, Chen. You know who we need? We need Jay Bruce back. So we'll trade Jeff McNeil for Jay, Jay Bruce. Jay Bruce, yeah. So the Phillies, get, the Phillies reap the benefits of Jeff McNeil, and you get <laughs> the guy who's been playing well because he's in limited roles as a bench player. So. Yep. But the Mets don't see that. They're like, he's hitting 290? Whoa. Like, you can hit all those home runs? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. But, yeah, like, it just, everyone's kind of taking a step back this year. And it's, I don't know if it is from, from a managerial standpoint, because Mickey does not, still does not look like he knows, knows what he's doing. And, you know, having Riggleman right behind him is definitely more stressful than, than yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, just, I mean,. I mean, like you, you just said that like everybody's taking a step back. Like Rosario, at the end of the year last year, looked like he was starting to figure it out at the major league level, and now he can't get on base, he can't hit. His fielding is is you know mediocre at best. Right. He's like he's looking he's looking like just a guy, and he was hyped for so long as the next big thing for them. Yeah, he was he was the reason why we never went after like. Like Tula when he was available for trade, right? He was the reason why we never went after any other big shortstop because, like, oh, we got the Medrosario in the system. Yeah, don't worry. He's like a cross between Jose Reyes and you know, and someone who could actually hit home runs. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, I don't know. It's it's really bad. I mean, Zach Wheeler's taking a step back. Yeah, exactly. He went like really good, like maybe re-sign him on a three-year deal or like a trade piece kind of guy. I, I don't. I think he's gone. He's gonna sign somewhere else, and he's gonna he's gonna go to like Detroit, and he'll light it up. It's gonna like cause, because of course he will. Exactly. Yeah. I and think then, anybody getting out of like New York would be the best for them. Yeah. And then uh, you know, Matt's. Uh, I was saying before, Matt's is just completely ineffective. Yeah. Um. And it's strange because he hasn't had his like multiple injuries this year. He's only had I think one real. He's been healthy the whole year. Yeah. You know, he's he started I think like the first month of the season he had the he lowest year on Yeah. Season. Yeah, and now now he's at a four eight five. Yeah. He like he just he just sucks. So then again, if you if you only pay to see him in an inning, you definitely get your money's worth. Like I only right. say the match for one inning. Right. He definitely had what, three times that happened this year? Right. Ugh. Like, I'm, taking a look at, I'm taking a look at their team, and it's just like a bunch of people that should not be on a major league roster. That's that's exactly that's a great point. Like Chris Flexen is nothing. How does it, how Flexen. do how do half of these guys in this bullpen still have a job? I, honestly, it it's the Mets, man. That's how it's the Mets. They let they let people they don't take chances on people that you should like DJ Lemayu mm-hmm. instead of. Instead of Jed Lowry, signed right. Lemay for the same contract. And Lowry hasn't even hasn't even suited up for a game this year. And now exactly. LeMahieu leads the American League in batting, and he's the starting second baseman in the All Star game. That's unbelievable. Congrat congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you, thank you. I, I, it was, I know you worked really it hard. It was a personal yeah. signing by me. Uh, yeah. I kept telling Brian. I kept saying, "Cash, you gotta you gotta pull the trigger on this guy." Now's the time to cash in, Brian. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let's, let's talk about the trade for Cano and, uh, Diaz. 
Because okay. really, Cano is the reason that you couldn't go for somebody like like Lemayhew, because you you acquired him and said this is this is going to be our big four hitter, and, right. and Diaz. He's you know finally we've got a big closer. Uh, now, instead of instead of signing somebody like Kimbrel, who you would have only lost a second round pick, a compensation pick, right. You've got Diaz, who was coming off a season that would have been absolutely impossible for him to replicate. Well, that, that's exactly what we do. We, this is the second time we've done it. We did it with uh, Francisco Rodriguez yep. right after his 60-some-odd save yep. season. You signed him. You, you sign guys when they're, like, right when they're at, like, yep. at their peak. Like, this guy is never going to reach this again or even come close to it. And then See, I, so they sign it, and then, and then they're surprised when the guy is ineffective. Right, I think the way that it was sold, like Brody sold it to uh, Fred and Jeff, is like, look, we're gonna take on Cano with a little bit of money, but we're gonna we we have Diaz for five years. Yeah, and he's a quality guy. So even if he's not our closer, he's our he's a great setup man. Like he's this is like a smart move. This could be our Dylan Batanzas kind of move. And I don't know, like I don't really see a future for for Diaz on this team. No, the way he's pitching now, absolutely not. Like we could definitely like. We could definitely trade him and get something in return. Like, Dude, and if we, he's got. We never go full rebuild. We, yes. We never got. No, no, to. they never have, and they should have. Yeah. The, three he's, times already, we could have gone three full rebuilds since two thousand eight. Exactly. Exactly, and they've never pulled the trigger on it. No, yeah, because everyone thinks you can't do a full rebuild in New York. Like they say, like I think that's been their their whole idea is like. New York is such a market, you cannot do a full rebuild. Well, the Yankees did a full rebuild. The only issue is that it took half a season. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I remember that. They're like, all right, well, the Yankees are going to give up. We get, we traded away, what, uh, you traded away Miller and Chapman? They traded Chapman, Miller, uh, Beltron, uh, everybody that was like, that they, every like big free agent that they had signed. Right. Uh, and they, they traded away, and then they, they got Frazier, Justice Sheffield. They got uh, Glaber Torres. Right. They got they cleared space for Judge and, and Tyler Ross. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it, it, it cleared room so that Judge could debut and move on to the younger guys, and now Torres is there and Frazier's there. Uh, Sheffield's in Seattle now, but regardless, you know, like it, it worked out for everybody, and now the Yankees are, you know, maybe the best team in the American League. Yeah. I, I wonder what it's like to, to root for, like, a franchise that has, like, Competency that knows what they're doing. Yeah, I know. And, like, and also, like, uh, <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's like when you could uh, say something and then actually do something. Oh man, um, damn it! I keep on forgetting this word because I've never, I've never. Oh, accountability! Accountability. <laughs> That's the word. I've never experienced it myself, so it's a little foreign to me. <laughs> it's just, it's so odd to like actually have a GM who's. Willing to take who does what he says he's going to do, yeah, and and, and, he and takes risks, like trading for the American League leader in home runs, and going like, oh no, it's going to work out, everyone, don't worry about it, and it works out, right? Yeah, making a move like like trading for Edwin Encarnacion and giving up nothing for him giving, because you saw a cheap way, games. you saw a cheap right. way to get the guy who leads the league in home runs, exactly. Yeah, oh, man, must be nice. I gotta tell you, it is. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, I don't tune in every day thinking, how are they gonna blow this one? 
Hey, what what fantastic way are they gonna suck today? Yeah. Oh, did you hear? Oh, speaking of a fantastic way that they suck today, besides them blowing the, the game today, they had the uh, the the ceremony about Seaver Way. Yes, yes. Today. So they announced that that City Field's new address is forty one Seaver Way. Yeah. Right. When the team was out of town, and no representatives of the team were right. there. Right. So you know, good times. Yeah. They couldn't have, uh, they couldn't have the manager or GM or any player to be there for this this you know, honestly monumental moment, where yep. they were also announcing that a bronze statue of Seaver is going to be uh, constructed and put up in front of the stadium. Nobody yeah. was there for it. Nope. No. Not at all. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm certainly. I think I might take a take a pause for being a Mets fan and just be a baseball fan for a little while. Just kind of go through the team, uh-huh. see what's up, but not right. like declare loyalty to anybody. Right. Just just enjoy the game because I like I appreciate good baseball, and when I get to see good baseball, it's fun. It, There's nothing better in the world. Like I'll, I'll defend baseball to the end when I get to see good baseball. But you can't you can't defend this team. I can I, I can no longer defend the Mets. At point. Like this is tough. They've broken you. A little. If I mean, look, if I had a spirit to break, they they would have broken. <laughs> It's been so long. Right. Yeah, and then let's just go into quick the uh, the whole scuffle in the locker room uh, earlier this week. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. Um, so was it uh, Jason Var- uh, Was it Mickey Calloway and... And Vargas, yeah. Vargas. With, with Tim Healy of, the, of, of New York Newsday. Right. Um, apparently he said, see you tomorrow, Mickey. And uh, Mickey took those are fighting words. Great I, issue with that. I mean, if, if you go down at Disney and say that to Mickey Mouse, he fucking kills you. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Tim he starts throwing haymakers. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what's gonna come when you say "see you tomorrow." <laughs> but I think Mickey's just a little. He's a little tense, so he may have just had. It's been a bad week for him. You know, it can't be. Great to be Mickey Callaway right now. But they were coming off a series where they split a four-game series with the Chicago Cubs. Right. Be happy with that. Yeah. No. That's got to put a little pep in your step. Instead, instead, you know, a guy's going, hey, see you tomorrow, Mickey. He's going, what the fuck did you say to me? <laughs> I think he said, don't be a smart-ass motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which I don't know how you could be a smart-ass by saying see you tomorrow. I don't know. That's why I'm thinking, like, maybe he had a tone in his voice, like... Like, oh, see tomorrow, Mickey. Like, still. maybe there was maybe there was a tone to it, but still, like, like you're an adult, like you're a functioning human being, like that's have some, besides, and besides and you're in a job you're where you're a representative of an organization. Exactly, and you're in a position where like you need to have some thicker skin. Yeah, so and you just set the tone for your team. Yeah, give it back to him, you know. Like, be like, be like, oh yeah, well you know you too, or I, yeah. you know whatever. Don't go, don't go, oh motherfucker. Right, and then have your and then have your uh, you know your your pitcher yell at the guy. I'm gonna fucking like beat the shit out of you, and then run at him. Uh, which I'm surprised Jason Vargas is still able to run. <laughs> that's, a, that's a shock. Yeah, but I mean the and then and then the organization forces Callaway to to apologize. Yes, uh, which, is right, which is the right move. Oh, completely. But then Vargas, they don't force Vargas to apologize. Vargas gave the half-assed thing where he said, where he said like, "Oh, you know, uh, everybody regrets their actions in this, and uh, we'll move on." 
Yeah. He couldn't say like I shouldn't have said what I said and I'm sorry. Which would been which would have been the adult thing to do, which would have been like, you know, being a man and saying that to him. Instead right. he's being a child and being like, Oh well, you know, everybody had an issue here, so even if he didn't mean it, if he just said like, Yeah, man, I'm sorry. Exactly. yeah, and you don't have to mean it, just sure say it. I think that Gary Cohen just like eviscerated Jason Vargas. Yeah. Cohen went off. Cohen went off today. Uh, about it, or no, or no. Yesterday, yesterday's yes, game, he went yeah. off about it with uh, with Keith, and yep. was saying like, you know, at at this point in your life and career, you need to put some things aside and do the right thing and be an adult, right? Because everybody else in the organization did the right thing. Yeah, it's like look. Sometimes it's there's it, it's a hard pill to swallow to apologize, especially when you're wrong and you think you're right. Yes, but when you're like he even said when you're a father. When you're a teammate, when you're a veteran, sometimes you just got to take an L and be a bigger man and say, look, man, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah, and like you said, you don't have to mean it. You know how many times I've apologized and meant it? Very few. <laughs> what? Oh, no. <laughs> um, shadows in the background. Everyone you ever talk to just realizes, oh, my God. <laughs> He's never learned anything in his life. He's still the same guy that he was back ten years ago. Exactly. Now, where do they go from here? Is there anything they can do? I think with, they with just this start team. Selling. With this team. With this team? Yeah. They start. They start selling off any commodity they have. Right. Um, you trade. You trade Wheeler and try to get something for him. Right. You trade. You trade Vargas for a bag of like maybe a donut and a half or something. <laughs> I don't know what. He's Honestly. Honestly, all jokes aside about Vargas, he's upped his trade value tremendously. He's been he's been the Mets ace this season. No, yeah, he's def- yeah he's had a better he had a bounce back year this yeah. year. So I think maybe you could get like a playoff push. Like if the Twins can't get Madison Bumgarner, and right. they're looking to like kind of bolster their their pitching depth. Yeah, if they can get if they can get Vargas, then they're going to give you something decent in terms of prospect return. Maybe like a mid level. Yeah, yeah. Back. Nothing exceptional, but still, you'll get Except you'll get some, you'll get more than what you would have gotten f- two months ago. Exactly. Um, I think with Tom Frazier hitting the way he's hitting, he's definitely he can be traded. Yeah, he can be traded. I think JD Davis is an interesting piece. A lot of people kind of pushed him aside because he was a. Uh, I think they, they thought of him as like a four uh, A type player. Where, right. You know, right. Yeah. Spot, but uh, yeah, a lot of people seem to think that he was like a Tyler Wade, which he's yeah. not. Because he can actually hit at major league pitching. Yeah, um, he's a, he's decent at third and he's decent in the outfield. So he, kinda, he's completely so suitable at any position. Yeah. Yeah. So like an American League team looking for some pop off the bench. Totally. Like, like I think like maybe the Indians could use someone like him. Maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, dude, absolutely. Uh, I don't think I want to say I don't want to say the Astros because he came from there, but like right. Uh, um, I don't. Maybe Boston could use someone like Rays. Him. You know, Ray. Yeah. Rays were always looking for like that, like Steve Pierce kind of guy, and I th- I think that's what JD Davis is, you know. Yeah, uh, uh, that's, a, that's a great comparison. That is that is spot on. But I mean, in terms of Callaway, when's the final straw? Is this it? Because I think it is. I I think if he's the manager tomorrow, then there's then there's a complete problem with this organization. Um, I I honestly think it's the all all everything comes to the all star break. I mean, I could see him staying on, but if they all star break is the last straw. I think if they keep losing going into the All Star break, that's it. Because they have like those three days they could really just kind of clean the system out. Yeah. 
Like, because it, it wouldn't be like a weird thing. Like, okay, guys, say goodbye to Mickey today, and then like Jim Riggleman takes over tomorrow. It would be like, okay, we could clear it out, kind of put new people here so they had have time to work there, uh, okay. have a couple of practices. Okay. With the guy. So, so All Star Break comes and they just completely clean, like completely the entire coaching staff, mm-hmm. aside from Jim Riggleman, and right. try to and try to make some deals as well. Then is what you're saying. Yeah, I think that's completely like, start that's fresh, July fourteenth or whatever. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, I would, I would. I mean, they're not making the playoffs this year. There's no point. To no, make a no, the season's done. You you got to get what you can for Wheeler. You got to get what you can for. For Vargas, yeah, Frazier you know, had Frazier had today the biggest hit of the season for the Mets oh, in the, his yeah. in his home run that would have won the game. Yep, uh, and would have would have saved the season on it. Like no, I'm not blowing smoke. Like no no sarcasm at all. Would have saved the season or given them the last shred of hope right now. Right, it would have boost given them a boost. Yeah, and then Diaz blows it, gives up five runs in in a, a third of an inning's work. Yeah, I mean, and I think they hold on. I think they hold on to Diaz. I think that's after that, guy. it's all over. Yeah, but I think every, I think a lot of the older players are on their way out. Yeah, unfortunately, nobody's going to take Cano, so you're stuck Hell with him. Yeah. yeah, I know. We're stuck with Cano until the National League gets a DH. Yeah, exactly. So, but it's man, oh man, I and I I've been saying like I you know obviously I'm not I'm not a Mets fan, but I. I'm so frustrated with this team. No, it is because it's it's kind of embarrassing because not everyone's like uh, working at the same level. Like the Mets and the Yankees should be kind of on the same level. Like yeah. they both have good yeah. payroll. They both have good markets. Like why why is one team grasping the concept so of much, being a contender? Yeah, one is just like looking at what used to work, and like like the 2015 World Series is actually a perfect. Uh, a perfect place for the Mets to look because mm-hmm. they got beat by homegrown talent mm-hmm. that used sabermetrics, that you know, ran, that did the right things, hit hit at certain spots. But they said like, oh, you know, what could work a lot better. These older guys who are breaking yeah. down. <laughs> Dayton Moore, I've said for a while. Dayton Moore in 2015, well, in 2014, he saw the way that the league was working. Right. Uh, well, even before that, honestly, he saw that the we, the way the league was working, and said that teams are winning by getting younger and growing talent, growing a team that had chemistry together, that knew each other, and would be able to play for each other, like play for each other and and with each other. Right. Um, he, when he was hired as the GM of the of the Royals, he said, "I have an eight year plan." Well, twenty fourteen was the eighth year of that plan. Yeah, they got into and it the worked World exactly. Uh, yeah, it and just, it showed them that well, my plan had has worked. He drafted guys all you know all together. They came up in the minors together: the Hosmers, Perez, Mustakis, you know, uh, uh, Kane. All yep. you know those guys, those those you know, uh, those guys who were yeah, like, like all yeah, together. Exactly. Yeah, they they grew up together. They grew up in the same system and learned how to play together. And. Yep. They had camaraderie and chemistry together, and he built a young team that was able to play for each other, you know, right. as well as with each other. And it yep. worked. He had two two straight World Series appearances, one win against the Mets, and showed, and then, you know, you look at the teams that have won since then, the Astros did the exact same thing, the Cubs did the exact same thing. Like, these, they're, they're all following the same mold, and now the Yankees are doing the exact same thing. Yeah. And so, you look the at, the Red Sox did the same thing as well. 
when you look yeah. at like Betts and Bogarts and Devers, you know the, these guys who are young and they've come up together through the system and have learned to play with each other. Like the, and Benintendi, they've all learned to to be with one another. Exactly. And then yeah, they you all look at yeah. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I'm saying like they all have a shorthand with each other, so yeah. you know if if they like they could like speak about like pitching and no one else will pick up on it. Like because I know a lot of like a lot of teams will get these like veteran guys who go like, well, you got to look in this and. They'll just completely whiff, right? But like, you get a you get a good hitter in the minor leagues, and you start working with each other. You'll know like exactly what they mean, right? And then and then there's a team like the Mets who has completely ignored what works. Well, the uh, the the 2000 World Series where they lost to the Yankees is uh, that tape stuck in the VCR, and that's the only thing they could watch. From now on. Yeah. So, like, oh, I guess we can get <laughs> Jay Payton and Benny Akbayani back, right? I don't know. But my team, it it sucks. Yeah, that's all you can really say about it. Yeah, I mean, and I I don't know. It's it's tough right now, and I would prefer if they just said, all right, you know, we're done. Like, time to rebuild. I wouldn't mind that because I know what to expect. Yeah. But to be middle of the road with older players, like, thinking, like, oh, maybe we can make a push in uh, late August. Like, no, I, I, I see it. I've been there. It doesn't work, right? No, this this franchise has to start from scratch, and that's that's the bottom line. Yeah, it's super depressing. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you for joining me here. Uh, thanks for talking about the Mets on uh, you know short notice. No uh, appreciate the input, and um, for, you know for your sake and for all Mets fans' sakes, hopefully they they make a change soon. Sure. Yeah, they won't, but it's okay. Yeah, the, Callaway's going to be the manager for the next six years. You know what? You know what's funny? I just gave you the thumbs up over the phone, and I was like, "Wait, I'm not talking to him." <laughs> like, uh, just just like the Mets, just like, "Oh, he's doing something stupid." <laughs> very, right, very suiting. All right, man. All right. Thanks again. Bye. See, see ya. Well, thanks again to Brian uh, for joining me to discuss the Mets here. Um, wanted to get another perspective in on this. Uh, again, like I said, this episode was uh, sort of like an emergency, um, but I thought it was something that needed to be talked about. Uh, so I, I thank him for joining me on short notice. That's it for today. Um, hope you enjoyed the episode. Obviously, like, uh, subscribe, everything. Brian's uh, Brian's Twitter is uh, Movie Mayhem Pod. You can also find the uh, picked last pod on Twitter. Uh, of course, you know, again, I'm Dr. Underscore Perk on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, find me there. And thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, let's hear some more Blink-182.